everybody, the SWP is brought to you by All Insurance Ontario and Jim K. Ford, where you can custom order your next Ford vehicle to ensure you get the exact vehicle you want at the right time. Easy steps. Jump online at jimkford.com, select your vehicle, choose your model, trim, and options. Then the Jim K. Ford team will contact you to confirm your selections and pricing and answer all your questions before your order is placed. Easy as that. Your vehicle created your way. Jim K. Ford, 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans or jimkford.com. If there's one thing I love almost as much as sports, it's helping people get the best deals on insurance. If I can't help you get a better rate on home and auto insurance, I'll treat you to a coffee. Call me or text at 801-2659. Check out allins.ca. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. The SWP with Steve Warren and Jim Jerome. Ottawa Sports Talk every weekday. And off we go. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the SWP, Tales of Sports and Whatever. The SWP stands for the Steve Warren Project, and that is who I am. That is Jim Jerome over there. We both got our nice white T-shirts on, looking very much like Schneider from One Day at a Time back in the 1970s and 80s. Quite a hit TV show. And, of course, a younger uh, reference. Uh, uh, well, I, I couldn't come up with an older reference right there, to be honest, uh, coming right. up today on the show. Sends prospects busting out all over the world. Juniors, Patrick Reed files a $750 million lawsuit against the Golf Channel and Brandon LeChambly. Two very unusual baseball suspensions and SWP listeners growing concerned that Jimmy's 35-year friendship with Wayne Gretzky is over, felled by a case of boneheadedness all today on the SWP. (laughs) How are you, Jimmy? There you go. Yeah, top shelf, man. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, all about it. Do you want to hear the letter from the good listener about this? Of course I do. Yeah, it's uh, Residue, who's a longtime listener. I think he goes back to the Tigor days. Right. So I just noticed after listening to episode 811, that Jim and Wayne are no longer friends. Was there another episode in which you guys discussed why this is? I'm not trying to pry or anything beyond what you've discussed on the podcast. Thanks a lot. I hope they repair the relationship. I think there was about, I don't know, a dozen other episodes where it comes up here and there and the suspendables. Yeah. It was definitely all over that one. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to reset know, that. People are concerned. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I'm not, maybe my volume's a little, uh, I'm getting a little excited, Stevie. Uh, <laughs> he's screaming. <laughs> clearly, he's got to have big gaps in his day. And then finally figure out, it's like, oh, yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, I got to get a hold of Jimmy, man. See what's up, you know. Or not. No, no it's probably. <laughs> yeah, as we uh, talked about yesterday's busy being sued. I don't know if that's a day-to-day yeah. thing. It's probably one of those things that's a uh, court date is, you know, a month, three months, 10 months from now. Right. Who knows? But yeah. Yeah, we know that Kevin Lowe is a guest this week on The Suspendables. You guys are thick as thieves. So you, yep. you haven't cut off all of your oiler contacts from the 1980s but uh the big fish the big kahuna i think people are concerned right and well we'll worry about it another time steve i'll be fine i'll be right. fine you know um what else is going on well lots lots of the world juniors are on right now in the canada right now they're they, they should get through the swiss pretty easily kind of going through them as if there's holes in them or something swiss get a, yeah i got um, a, a yeah, good one stevie yeah, yeah, it's nice terrible yeah uh, but they, in theory, should uh, should handle them pretty well. 
But from a Sens perspective, Ridley Gregg was amazing in the last game for Team Canada. And today the Finns won their game against Germany. And this 2020 draft of the Ottawa Senators just continues to uh, bear fruit. Like it's, it could, I mean, it could go down as one of their best drafts in their history right. here as they approach their 30th anniversary. Rubby yeah. Arventia for the Finnish team had four points today. He was an absolute beauty. Not many people have talked about him. Played in Belleville last year and mm-hmm. uh, came out of the, obviously the Finnish elite league and now playing for the world junior team. And uh, he's going to be a real asset for Belleville, but it's just, you know, every once in a while you have a draft year where it's like, wow, just so many guys. It seemed like everything, you know, was had the Midas touch that particular year. And it got me thinking back in your wheelhouse, back in the Oilers days of the 80s, you look at a couple of those late 70s, early 80s drafts, and it's Mm -hmm. just gross. One of them in particular, I forget which year, it's just gross with Hall of Famers. Right. I was going to ask you about that, Stevie, because every time we uh, bring up a uh, a draft pick for the Oilers or kids in uh, who are looking good, who are own or not, or sorry for for the Sens, uh, you got to be excited, Stevie boy, huh? I'm over the moon right now. They're very good right well, now. They they're top nine for this season. Yeah, like, I, I put them up against literally any team in the league. Where nice. they lack, their goaltending is now, I think, above average. Not elite, but well right. above average. And you couldn't say that in recent years. They are still a little thin on defense. They could add another body or two. And they may have mm-hmm. to deal with it again next year because a couple of guys that are going to be um, starting for them this year are UFAs. So that's one of those deals that you always have to worry about. Maybe you got too much of one ingredient. And maybe you're going to have to sacrifice some of the existing guys off the roster or prospects to bring in help on D so you have a little more balance, but we'll see how it goes. Because if you right. improve your goaltending, you make your forwards that much better with guys like Alex Dabrinkit and Claude Giroux and some younger guys getting a year older. And, uh, you know, when you have better goaltending, you have better forwards and possessing the puck more frequently, all of a sudden what you thought was a bad defense is a whole lot better. Right, right. So I'm excited to answer your question, no doubt. Can't Good. wait. Well, you would know, yeah. So yeah, the other factor well, is uh, uh, Connor Bedard. Go. Connor, yeah, Connor Bedard has been a great story at the World Juniors as well. And this guy's amazing. He's he's going to be the number one overall pick in all likelihood next year's NHL draft, and he's killing it for Team Canada here and playing alongside Mason McTavish, their their captain. And he's just been a beauty. And the unbelievable quick release this kid has. He's fast, not very big, mind you, but as we move on in time, that seems like size means less and less. It's all about speed and skill now. And uh, Connor Bedard just, he, he's hes eligible to play in this tournament to give you an idea how young he is. And he's one of the dominant players. He can, I think it, for sure, at least two more world juniors he's eligible for, maybe a third as well. 17 years old. It's, it's a 19-year-old's tournament. And here's a 17-year-old who's absolutely killing it. And a lot of people believe Connor Bedard is going to be a generational talent like a Connor McDavid, like a Sidney Crosby. I think that's a little premature, but obviously Canadian hockey fans are pumped about it. And uh, it'd be interesting to watch if there's a little bit of tanking going on during the course of the season with some of the bad teams around the NHL. Right. Also in the news today, a couple of really weird suspensions. If you'd like, if you're frustrated, like say, just put yourself in the, in the headspace 
of uh, Kansas City relief pitcher Amir Garrett. Mm-hmm. So a couple of weeks ago during a game in Chicago, there's a Chicago fan as he's coming off the field, absolutely giving it to Garrett, like leaning mm-hmm. over the dugout, screaming at him. It's an adult man and yelling at him. And so Garrett had had enough of him and he had a little cup of water, looked like a little cup right. and just water and just tossed it in his direction. And he got a three-game suspension for that. Like what? I, I mean, that, that crosses a line. You don't want to. You don't want your fan base to, you know, to be abused or anything like that. You know, right. if you're in there, if you're in there swearing at them, or worse yet, jumping in the stands. You know, you want your fan base to feel safe. But a half a cup of water on a hot August night, when it's you, right. the fan, who is being an asshole, I think three games is a bit punitive. Yeah. I, I, I guess what can happen is, um, like any anyone who watches it, right? I I know I've been this way. He was going, you know what? You freaking deserved that, fan. Okay, okay, you deserved it. Okay, you deserved all of that. So, uh, um, you know, you're not going to get any sympathy from me, and certainly I'm not going to say, oh my god, the, you know. The problem is, Stevie, if they ever did let it go, right? If the, if the, <laughs> if the suspension office looked at it and go, you know what? Yeah, the fan deserved that, so forget it. Well, could, could you imagine the next games when players go, you know what? You can fucking drill anything you want at the fans <laughs> <laughs> or, or water bottles. You know, it'll be it'll be awesome, you know, to do it. So uh, I, I, I get I get why they can't do it, I guess, you know. Uh, a three-gamer, so, though. Maybe a, maybe a small fine. And maybe yeah. the guy, you know, maybe the guy has to uh, give the kid a signed baseball or something like that. Because I guess his his uh, the guy who was being a jackass, his son also, you know, got a bit of the water on him. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. And right. uh, Garrett said he was upset with himself for the suspension. He reached out to the fans, sent a jersey to both him and his son. And Garrett said, there's no hard feelings there. He was very kind to me. I was letting him know how upset I was in the moment and reacted like that. Certainly, mm-hmm. it's an opportunity for me to grow from it. I just think, oh, whatever. Everybody will always ask the question, you know, where do you draw the line in something like that? That's where I draw the line. A little right. a half a cup of water on some on a fan who's being a jerk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I let that slide. It's not like it's, it's not like there was some sort of, you know, like the fan didn't go to anybody and say, "I'm submitting this uh, complaint and demand for a suspension." It was nothing like that. Major League right. Baseball could easily have let that go, particularly after Garrett satisfied the guy and his son with a nice jersey. Yeah. Yeah, he did the right thing. Agreed. Shouldn't be a three-game suspension. I wouldn't have, but... So a three-gamer or not, is that fair or not? No, you know, the guy shouldn't get anything, but... Exactly. That's what Uh, I think. Yeah. How about a one-gamer for a baseball player? We talked about this in a recent episode. Rodolfo Castro of the Pirates suspended for one game because his cell phone flew out of his pocket while running the bases last week. <laughs> nice white iPhone as he slides headfirst into third base, comes sliding out of the back pocket of his ball pants. Right. I think, again, I think a one-game suspension is a little much. I was going to change gears and talk a little golf here in just a second. But first, I want to tell you about our great sponsors. They are great. They're awesome. We're talking about... Jim and Jason K at Jim K Ford. We're talking about Josh and Jer Gerard from All Insurance Ontario. We're talking about Glenn Walton at the Glenn Walton Real Estate Team. So let me tell you about what they're all about. If you are enjoying the show um, and you need their services or their products, 
we hope that you'll give them a shot. So let me tell you about them. First of all, Jim K. Ford is a fantastic spot to get your nice used vehicle for the summer. You want to make a smart choice on it, of course. Jim K. Ford is there to remove all of your worries at the same time. Jim K. Ford is your Ottawa certified pre-owned Ford dealer. How about a 12-month, 20,000-kilometer limited warranty coverage? History report of the vehicle, purchase financing rates from 1.99%, 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. That is peace of mind. Check out JimKFord.com. They're at 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. Have your insurance rates been going up year over year? You're not alone. It's happening to everyone. I'm Josh from All Insurance Ontario. Send me a text and see if I can save you a bunch of money. 860-6008. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. And if you need help navigating this crazy Ottawa housing market, call the Glen Walton Real Estate Team. For sellers, Glen's services include staging, painting, cleaning, and of course, negotiating all the offers coming in. For buyers, Glen has the expertise to help you land your dream home when competing with so many other offers. So if you're looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, contact Glen today, glenwalton.com. And finally, podcast advertising is one of the most effective ways to get your business message out to the masses. And uh, yeah, we'd love if you got on board and advertise on the podcast, get your business message in front of thousands of Ottawa sports fans. Just contact us today at stevewproject at outlook.com. Quick, quick little plug there on the advertising side, James. I saw that, Stevie. That's nice. Well done. Yeah, Thank well you. Done. So Tiger Woods, we talked about this in our last episode, and uh, it's now gone down. Tiger Woods flew to Delaware yesterday and took part in a meeting with many of the PGA Tour's top players discussing the battle with Live Golf. I guess it all went well. Ricky Fowler, I guess, is not going to the Live Tour and joined Tiger for this player meeting. And it was basically the session was to get all the players on the same page, kind of rallying the troops in this uh, what's emerged now as a battle between the PGA Tour and the Live Tour. And Mm -hmm. I don't have any issue with it, but I was listening to Stephen A. Smith he went sideways on Tiger today, saying that, uh, you know, I have a big problem with this meeting. This is against America. And, you know, America's built on capitalism. And uh, this is a, you know, the spirit of competition makes everybody better. And if you want to beat out live, be better. And that was kind of his take on things, not having these silly little meetings to, you know, try and control everything and keep players from going over and going to the competitor. Anyway, what did you think of, uh, well, a- Stephen A's comments and, uh, and the, uh, and this whole process of the meeting? Well, it, it, it's, it's getting, it's getting, you know, messy, right? It's getting really mm-hmm. messy. There was, a, there's, I don't know if you just mentioned it earlier, but, but Patrick Reed, right, is suing the golf channel and Brandel Chambly for 750 million because he's been defamed. Yeah, that has nothing uh, to do with Liv, but yeah, it's no, true. It, it, but he's over at Liv, right? So he's over at Liv. So it's kind of curious, right? The timing of it. Um, you know, I, I guess he wouldn't do that if he was on the PG tour, but, but, but I don't know. I don't know. I read well, about he wouldn't, their contract. He wouldn't do it if he, I bet he wouldn't do it if the Golf Channel were broadcasting Liv. Right. I, I, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Uh, um, it, it's just the, the timing's curious, right? He's saying this stems way back to the days he started in golf when they, you know, started playing on the tour. So all of a sudden now he's, he's woke up this morning and go, you know what? I'm, you know what? They've been defaming me. I didn't realize that. Right. So the guy's one of the most hateable guys out there, but, uh, so anyway, there's that, that thing aside. Um, I read an article today about, uh, the commitment that the, 
participants, the players on the live tour actually make under, under contract, what they have to do. And, and some of that'll be interesting to see if they can, if they can pull it off because uh, they're obligated to promote the, to promote the tour, to try and get other, you know, to try and give their best effort to get other players on it. Um, and one of them is about logos. You know, they've got, they've got to wear the live logo, which is fine because they're not in the PGA anymore. Uh, but also if they play in other events, if they do go back, if they do get some with the PGA, they've got to wear the live logo. So it's messy, man. There, there's, there's just a bunch of shit that they got to work out with this thing. And, uh, I'll tell you what though, I am, I'm on the edge of my seat watching this thing each day to see what's going to happen. And cause I thought, I thought they should work in unison, Stevie, like I've always said, and get together and try and figure this thing out. But that's getting further and further away from any possibility that these guys are digging their heels in. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a great story though, isn't it? I oh, mean, yeah. it, it is a really interesting story that, that this breakaway tour is, is something that will, it's going to turn the golf world upside down. You know, it has already Steve, you know, upside oh, yeah. down, man, this thing is, you caught the PGA off guard, uh, you know, and now you get a little, you know, this player meeting and, what is significant there is if we're all in the same front, all of us guys in the PGA, Tiger included, who are speaking out against these guys who went to live, and what are we supposed to do about it? Why do they have a meeting without the commissioner? You know? So now, Steve, it, it makes me think they've they've got some some second thoughts. You know, we're not inviting the commissioner because, you know, is there something we can do with live? I, I don't know, Stevie. I don't what, what do you think? Well, I don't know if I put a ton of stock into that because Monahan did meet with the players last week. But yeah, what they decided here, they just whatever it was, they're they're going to take all these suggestions to Jay Monahan. Um, right. I, my my feeling is, um, I think it's a it's a situation where as time marches on, people move on to the next bit of outrage, and mm-hmm. I, I'm blown away by how little talk there is about the Saudi funding. I think I brought this up last week too, but uh, I start to wonder if as it's sort of normalized everybody moving over there that more and more guys are, are actually going to keep going over and look at the money they made over there. I know they right. don't have a green jacket. I know they don't have the prestige of the PGA tour, but they do have that guaranteed 500. What was it? No, it was like 500 grand. I think as long as you finish in the top 12 in right. a tournament, that's not, doesn't have a lot of guys in it. So I'm starting to wonder if, uh, just by stealing all the stars, that will be enough. I didn't think at the start they would get all the stars, but I'm starting to right. second guess that angle. But as long as they, if they don't get the stars, I do think it will fail eventually. But uh, I guess that's what the point of this whole meeting was to to rally the troops. I don't have a problem with it, like Stephen A. Smith did. I think it's a smart move because they're mm-hmm. they're. I mean, I hate to use that particular metaphor but they are at war from a business perspective with this new competitor and they have to do something i think they believe in what i just said that you know they could lose this thing i think the only way they will lose is if they lose all their stars and so they gather the stars get everybody on the same page and uh we'll see if it works well what's the equivalent in other sports you know like like if we look at our most familiar hockey right um and you had a breakaway league I, I think Stevie, you know, they'd be saying, okay, any, it's, I mean, it's difficult to do with a, with a team sport, but uh, 
if you say we did and we're gonna, and we're going to give everyone five fucking million a year, anyone who comes over, right. and any of the stars, okay, any like like the 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 lesser knowns are going to get five mil, okay, who are probably making a mil, uh, you know, or or five times as much. So, you know, the, the big hitters, we're going to give you eighty million, you know, <laughs> right, like, right. What what are you doing, you know, if you're in the NHL, right, going? Okay, uh, I know, you know, uh, something to think about. That's for sure, you know. Yeah, um, I was listening to Kevin Haim and, and his uh, his son Jake, and they're doing the tee it up show. I think it was this past weekend, and they mm-hmm. they made a great reference point to what this could turn into. And we're of the same vintage, and Kevin is too. Where mm-hmm. we remember in the late seventies how amazing pro boxing was, right? But right. what? What kind of killed it? Eventually, you know, what happened over the years, it, it left uh, them right for the picking for a UFC to come along. But what right. started to what started to break it is is all these divisions. You know, you had the WBC and the WBA and then the IBF, and it just got watered mm-hmm. down, and nobody really understood what was going on. And uh, I wonder if that you know that golf's at peril of that particular thing happening where. Um, they may end up going down that same road. And I think golf might be, you know, because if, if, if every, if every star went over to this new league, it might be in the same boat and I don't really understand what's going over there. Yeah. You got all the stars. I'd lose interest in the PGA because it's star free. And on the, on the other side, on the live tour, I don't really understand the league and I might just sort of fade away on it. And I, I think there's a real yeah. danger of that. Well, like it was brought to my attention earlier, Steve, that, you know, what you look at this thing going, oh my God, the, how are they spending so much money? How are they going to make money? And for sure, Stevie, it's all about this streaming, right? We, I, I talked about it earlier with you um, that that they have, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, whoever else, right? They, they, they have a limited audience, right? With their cable. And, and you know, is it 30, 40, 50 million people who watch whatever golf event Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, these live guys are looking at, well, we can draw from the world, <laughs> right? <laughs> where, where they're going to show this online, Steve. Uh, again, look at the, you know, if you paid 25 bucks a year to watch, to have access and watch the six, seven, eight events, I don't know how many they're doing. And, and they, you know, and, and I don't know, 500 million people, Steve, sign up. I know I would. I know I would. Or yeah, at the end of the day, it's still matter. Million, you know? Yeah. I mean, it'll still matter how many people are watching, but you certainly have a bigger potential audience. But uh, I don't know. Uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. Um, right. Enough on that one. Uh, I also wanted to talk to you today about something I heard. Um, Dave Smart, longtime Carlton basketball coach, yep. winner of uh, kajillion national titles as a mm-hmm. coach of the Carlton Ravens. He's doing a weekly hit, I think, on TSN 1200. At least I think it's a weekly hit. It might be more than that. I don't know. But mm-hmm. uh, no, I think he's a, he's a bright young star as far as radio goes. I got to say because he's really passionate oh, really? about whatever okay. you throw at him. He's really interesting and has lots of good takes, and he's really wired on everything. And one of the things they were talking about today was uh, elite players when they're very young. That there's a reason mm-hmm. why, and we see it all the time. You saw it with your kids coming up. There were these right. kids that would dominate at age ten or eleven, and then by the time they were you know sixteen, seventeen. They weren't dominant anymore, and there were a number of reasons right. for that. For example, you've got uh, you know just growth patterns. You're, you're 
you're big when you're 10 and you're stronger and faster than everybody else. And then that kind of evens out as everybody catches, catches you physically. That's just one example. But another thing he brought up was kind of the OHL or the junior hockey concept where mm-hmm. guys are drafted in the Ontario Hockey League at 15. They yep. play their, their, their Bantam AAA year and then they're drafted into the OHL. And mm-hmm. if they're at home, then everything isn't, isn't so bad. Dad can or mom can drive you to the game. But very often right. you're asked to move to all kinds of different places in Ontario uh, mm-hmm. and, and bill it with somebody. And uh, Dave was throwing that in there as another reason that all of a sudden a, a player can fade because they don't have much in the way of accountability. They're not with right. their parents at, at age 15 right. and 16 is still so young. You kind of need your parents. And it got me to thinking if, you know, these two hockey Canada scenarios in 2003 and again in uh, 2018, I wonder if there's maybe some of that at play as well, that so many of these young players and, I mean, it might be death by a thousand cuts. I'm sure there are other reasons as well, but I've not heard that one kind of talked about before as a theory as to Mm -hmm. why these Hockey Canada type incidents keep happening. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, right? We've talked about it. Like we talked to Kevin about it yesterday and he was in uh, agreement with me and and me with him about you can't constantly blame the governing bodies of these, you know, these sports organizations. Um. you know why? Why is it happening? Um, I don't know, Steve. I I, I don't know. Um, I, I, if if I've got a hold to what I've been saying lately, it's it's the act of individuals, you know, and and whatever's going on in their head. Uh, obviously, it's a hangover from the hockey culture, Steve. Okay, there's no doubt about it. That some of that, for sure, I would think would be back to the days of of you know uh, you know un- totally unacceptable behavior but it, but it mm-hmm. was acceptable you know uh and it, it should have never been accepted you know everyone goes well not by today's standards you know i'm going not by today's not by the last 500 years of standard you know so um i i i don't i'm still on that side steve i i don't like the fact that they're you know people are calling for the heads of people on hockey canada um, so that's that's what I think about it. Yeah. I, I think you? it's, I think when you get down to, you know, cause and effect, I think this plays into it. I mean, the biggest factors are at 18, most young men aren't exactly at their decision-making best. I think we can agree on that looking back right. at our own 18 year old selves. Right. But then you factor in, you know, the arrogance that comes with being can't, that can come from being truly elite at a sport mm-hmm. that the entire nation is bonkers over. I think that leads to an arrogance, um, a lack of accountability. Everybody mm-hmm. loves me. I'm the best. And you start to believe your own press clippings. And then you right. fire in alcohol and weed and what else at a, at a given party. And that, that, you know, that, that throws another curveball into the scenario. And then this last one that I just talked about, so many of these young players at 15 and 16, when you, when you maybe need your guidance of your parents as much as any time in your childhood, uh, they're basically in these strange spots. And as Dave Smart pointed out, so a lot of these billet families are wonderful, but it's right. not the same, not the same as, as your own yep. parents. And so there's maybe an accountability issue sometimes there as well. So yeah, it's, it's a death by a thousand cuts scenario. There's lots of factors that go into it, but I, I thought that was an interesting, uh, an interesting angle, an interesting theory on the whole, right. on what may be I- contributing to this. 
you know, what, what would be good, Steve, I guess, right? When, when you're in high school, that maybe they have this as a mandif- mandatory subject mm-hmm. that you have to take for a semester when, you know, once you're 14 or 15, uh, that maybe in your first year of high school and maybe, and maybe you got to, uh, maybe you got to take it twice, uh, in a perfect world, right? Parents would be sitting kids down, um, you know, saying, okay, here's what, here's what's completely unacceptable, you know? Um, and, and you can't do it, you know? Um, I, I mean, I've had that talk with my kids and, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud of what their uh, attitude is about it, uh, and, and what they believe about it. But, um, you know, I, what do you do about it? Right. right? You can't, mm. you can't. And as much as I'm saying, okay, don't blame hockey. Can I, in, in the meantime, is there anything we can do to, to, to stop this sort of stuff and get rid of it? You know, in, not just in the hockey world period, you know, in the, in the whole world. So um, that's what I would think of right away going, okay, well, yeah. we got, we got to, we got to talk to kids, man. We got to talk to kids. And I think you also have to talk to parents and, some of these kids are going to go sideways and the people that are guiding them, their parents, and I've, I've referenced this before, that sometimes these kids end up being celebrities in their own homes mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they're getting four goals a game and, and making mom or dad feel great. Not in mm-hmm. all homes, in some. But so parents need to hold the kids accountable. Coaches need to hold the kids accountable. You know, mm-hmm. if, if somebody's bullying somebody in the dressing room, it doesn't matter if he's anchoring your power play. You've got to make them accountable. Right. Te- teachers too. You know, the, the sometimes teachers are just letting these guys slide. But again, it goes to hockey being, you know, so big a part of our culture and everybody's so fond of the sport, passionate about it. And right. they've got this, this budding superstar, you know, I'm I, this guy in uh, grade 12, you know, I'm, I've got him for chemistry and he's in my class and it's pretty exciting. And, uh, it, chances are, if you've become a fan of this superstar hockey player being in your class, you're going to let them skate on something. So I think that right. uh, the, the adults in the room need to be the adults in the room. Yeah. I, I mean, the other thing too, Steve, is, um, you know, the hockey world, the hockey culture, uh, you know, people are enamored by hockey players. You know, they're, they're enamored by stars. They're enamored by young hockey players. I remember going to Wolves games and, and standing there watching them walk in and out of the dressing room, you know, Sudbury Wolves games going, oh, my God, you know, this is crazy. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the same thing, you know, Stevie would have, I'd have my head in the sand if I didn't say uh, they, they probably get, um, they probably get a lot more attention, Steve, from girls than, than the guys who are on the chess club, you know. Uh, right. It's just the way it yep. is. And, yep. and so I think they need to be told that, that that's not the way life is that, that, you know, I'm, I'm tiptoeing around this, but you know what I mean? Right. Yep, I do. Right. There's, uh, I've, I've been around it a long time. Right. And I, I've, I've seen, uh, the attraction that the star hockey player has to, to the, female audience, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so I think they need to be made aware of that saying, just because that's the case, it doesn't give you uh, an open door here all the time to, to, you know, behave incorrectly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, Steve? No question. You remind me of, uh, it's a, it's kind of an interesting movie, totally a sideline. I'm going sideways here that there was mm-hmm. an interesting movie that I thought was clever. It's about 20 years old. 
It has Montreal actress Rochelle Lefebvre in it. And mm-hmm. uh, it's called Hatley High. It's your standard kind of coming of age movie that we've seen a million times. Mm-hmm. Except the sport that's at the heart of it is not football. It's not basketball. Instead of those other sports, it's chess. And everybody's revering the best chess player in the high school scenario. So I thought it was a pretty clever oh. movie. <laughs> Bit of a twist on the normal. Um, right. Anyway, um, yeah, we'll, we'll call it quits there. And uh, Liam McGuire is going to come on our next episode. He's nice. got a big, big uh, event coming up this weekend to honor, it's unbelievable, the 50th right. anniversary of the Canada-Soviet Union Summit Series. Here's a shot. Henderson made a wild stab for it and fell. Here's another shot. Right by the door. I was, I was so little. That's one of the first things I remember in this world, how crazy right. my dad was in 1972 about uh, this, this hockey series. And my dad, my dad could have been watching chess and I would watch right. it on TV with him, whatever my dad was doing, I was into. And so I watched the hockey with him. We kept a big scrapbook and uh, it was only about oh, 10 years later where I came to understand truly what right. it meant. But, uh, uh, you may have noticed Liam is a big fan of that particular series. Yeah. <laughs> Seems to know all the surviving members of the team. And so he'll join us in our next episode to talk about uh, this big 50th event that's happening this weekend. Yeah, I was in, uh, in 1972, so I'm 11. I was at St. Francis, uh, grade 7, uh, you know, gathered in a room. When Steve, when, when the guy wheeled in the, the 200-pound television, sitting on uh, oh just these little aluminum legs with yeah. wobbly wheels and the TV was just locked in with a couple of cotter pins, Steve, yeah. okay? Yeah. And I remember the teacher going, someone help him, you know, because it's wobbling, this thing. <laughs> but, okay, someone helps just, okay, there we go. You know, the wheels didn't lock, Steve. And and so, you know, if you had that TV, you go, okay, we're going to use this TV, but everyone's got to stay in case it tumbles, okay, because it's seven feet high. So everyone's got to be you know, nine or 10 feet back. No, no, you sit right underneath that TV, you know, and when you stand up, make sure you grab that frame to help yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like was, Not one yeah. bolt on that whole apparatus was tight. Yeah. They're no, all just, no, no, wobbling just away. wobbly, wobbly. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Oh, you take me back to all the classroom memories of the old uh, films that they'd drag out for us. All the kids oh, yeah. now, they get HD and everything in all their classes, I'm sure. Back in our day, they had the actual film projector going that always yeah. had the terrible soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, my Perfect, God. Perfect, Stevie. Yeah. I love that invitation. Don't forget our website is stevewproject.com. We appreciate you being with us. Certainly, we appreciate all our Patreon members who are giving the show a little, uh, little nudge. Uh, consider one at stevewproject.com. And, James, enjoy your day. We'll talk to you next time. Have a good day, Stevie. Good night, everybody. We'll see you. Now we leave you now with Tales from the Tigor Vault. All this retro rewind stuff on Rogers Television. And they had oh, the yeah. 1995 Governor's Cup and uh, Championship God game have or I, whatever. God, have I aged. I'm, you were the play-by-play man. I was the play-by-play man. Howie Mooney uh, was the color guy at the time. <laughs> and, well, uh, yeah, it was it was really neat to see Link Stadium absolutely packed and people absolutely going berserk for baseball. Man, the oh. times have a changed. But that it, old governor's cup. <laughs> <laughs> International League title in 95. They beat to, um, Norfolk. Excuse me? Oh. 
Norfolk. Yeah. Oh, that was who they beat in the final. Yeah, it was not Norfolk. Right. It was pronounced Norfolk, Jim. Norfolk, yes. yeah. We don't drink. We don't. <laughs> these are the cheerleaders, John. We don't drink. We don't smoke. Norfolk. Yeah. Norfolk. <laughs> exactly. They don't do anything. <laughs>